Back to the Third Series Podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and here with me are Justin and Josh. What's been going on, guys? Just got uh, back from vacation. I was up north. Up north, hanging out in the woods, you know, uh, relaxing. Actually, was it? The UP, uh, or was it... Uh, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that north. Near, it was near Alpena. Okay. So, north, but not that north. Okay. Okay. Um, I just went to... Uh, Osaka for dinner with my girlfriend. That was fun. Nice. Is that the? Uh, is that the? Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like Ichiban. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Hibachi. That's what. I was yeah. Thinking. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Did you get like specialized? Did you catch the egg? No, I didn't catch an egg. The ah. so they lit the fire or whatever with the oil, and that was intense because i've been to one before and i was like you know it was a good fire but this one i was like holy shit this place is gonna burn down (laughs) so and there's like some there's some older couples near us and one of the older ladies like oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) i haven't been to a hibachi restaurant since i turned 21 so i haven't been able to do like the i don't even know what alcohol it is off the top of my head Uh, but you know how they spray it in your mouth is that what it is? I think so. I guess I don't really know. I don't know why I would know, but I yeah. Yeah, it's just like I want to do that so bad, but like catching the egg in my mouth a couple times was really fun. Yeah. And <laughs> I got to do it in front of my girlfriend's parents, and they were really impressed that I was able to do it. So nothing gets more brownie points than that. <laughs> catching eggs at yeah. Ichiban. Oh man! All right, we got a lot to get. We got a lot to get to, so we're just gonna roll right into it. First things first. First, first things first. First time. First things first. Things first. first. All right, first things first. We had the uh, NBA draft last week, so we're gonna do a little bit of our uh, reactions to that. We're gonna. I'm gonna. I've got some winners and losers here. I know the other guys do too. Uh, so Justin, who is your first winner? Detroit basketball. <laughs> Let's go Pistons. Woo! Getting Kate Cunningham first overall. It's what they were expected to do. And thank God they didn't mess that up. So he gets that no spark. Darkos. No Darkos. He gives us a spark. He gives us some hopeful energy that this team really needs to go forward and build around their young core. And then the rising star, hopefully, of Jeremy Grant. Is it Jeremy Grant? Yeah, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll that be huge for this team. It, it, the city was on fire, not in a bad way, in a good way. I guess I don't really know, but it seems like a lot of Pistons fans are hopeful going into the future. And Cade Cunningham is not a guarantee that he's going to be a star because no one's really a guarantee coming out of it like that. But he's a lock for being at least like a good player at the very least. And that that just makes me excited. That, that was my first winner. Do you want me to go right into the second one? No, no, no. Let's focus on the Pistons a little more because, you know, it's fun. 
Um, <laughs> they're fi- they finally got some uh, positive news. And it's Honestly. just, it's it's good to see because, like, I know this happens every year, but there's always that one player that analysts are so hyped on. They're like, yeah, they're the next LeBron. They're yeah. the next Zion. Like, it's it's players like that. And they were talking about Cade Cunningham like that. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Like, we've mm-hmm. got Ben Simmons, who was supposed to be the next LeBron, and we all know how that's turned out this past postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it doesn't end up like that. But – it looks like the Pistons are on the rise again. I agree. And yeah. also getting the addition of Luke, what's his name? That's a good pick for them too. That, I was really excited about him because I think to me he was interesting because I want to say like kind of a steal potentially because I do think that he will probably be a guy who like pretty early on will be able to see if he'll pan out or not because he was an amazing college player, but like the big thing with NBA teams and scouts was just athleticism. Cause he is kind of like, you know, he's a slow he's a big body. Yeah. And I get that. And like, that could be detrimental and end up hurting his career, you know? <clears throat> but I think there's a chance the Pistons could have got someone who can turn out to be a very good player at a much lower pick just because there's those like athleticism concerns. So I, I think he's an exciting pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the opposite spectrum of you guys. I saw really? him play against these bigger bodies in the big 10 this year against like Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson of Michigan. And I wasn't impressed. Hunter Dickinson kept him, I believe under 20, which was very hard to do during the season. And he just looked frustrated and he's not that good defensively. So I yeah. think that he was right where he was supposed to be drafted. And I think he could be a huge bust. I don't think he's going to bust because I, I kind of remember the game when they played Michigan. And he was just missing shots. And like, yeah, you can, you can attest some of that to Hunter Dickinson being decent at defense. But I, I think it may have just been an off night for him. But what I like about Luca Garza is he's... He makes me feel like watching older NBA where you need that big presence, like a Shaq. And I know that's not really where the NBA NBA is anymore, but that's just kind of, I don't know. I feel like a good championship team needs that big guy. Like Brooke Lopez did it for the Bucks this year. Um, I mean, if you want to count Anthony Davis for the Lakers, he's not really that style, but you know. I just feel like having one of those guys on your team is really a, a great asset to have. And it, I feel like at kind of what Josh is saying, it was kind of like a steal almost because he was undervalued because he isn't that athletic player and he's not, he doesn't have the speed, the three point shot, but I think he can be like the anchor this team need, needs. It's kind of like back to the bad boys with Bill Lambeer, like just go in there, push some people around and see what happens. And I mean, he's not going to start. They have Isaiah Stewart. So I'm, I'm not expecting him to start at all, but if the, he needs to come in and provide some good bench minutes, I think he can do that. And honestly, I, I think it's probably a good thing he's not going to start because I do think that, like, kind of like you were saying, Kratz, like, I don't think necessarily that he, like, he's at the point now where he could start an NBA game and do super well. But yeah, I do feel like just based off of interviews that he's done with media and um, I remember like watching college games and they'd show those little like clips and stuff before games about players. 
and you know those can be biased. So I'm not saying this is true, but it seems like from the outside looking in that he's like a super hardworking guy. That's the vibe I've always gotten from him. Yeah. And so I feel like he is going to work to get better, and I don't think he'll be like he'll be someone who got drafted and he's going to get his money and just kind of be fine with not being super good. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I feel it. I I mean I'm I'm all for it. I really want to see him do well, especially with the Pistons, but. I'm a little more skeptical about it. Um, so let's roll into the next one. Josh, who's your winner? So my winner, and this could end up being a, not a hot take, but like I'm picking them as a winner and it could just be a, you know, um, however long from now, just like, wow, that was really stupid because <laughs> I'm going with the Atlanta Hawks Whoa. because they picked Jalen Johnson and Similar in a way to Luke Garza because there's like an X factor with, you know, his pick and everything. But he 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 was the guy who, who was playing for Duke and he was like in and out of injury and stuff. Um, a lot of places at one point said he was a potential number one pick at the start of his like college season. But he got hurt and then he like wasn't playing as well when he came back. So then he left Duke midseason. And so he could end up being a bust which is why he's similar to Luke Garza, you know. But I think getting a guy at 12 overall who had all those things happen, who at one point was talented enough to be considered a candidate for number one pick, to me that's kind of a steal in the same sense. Where like maybe because of all these X-factor things, the Hawks got this guy at 12 who should have been a top five pick. So I'm going to go with the Hawks, but like I said – it's kind of a risky one because he could end up not panning out. But like I said, I, I just think getting him at 12 was kind of a steal because of other factors involved. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I see you, I see your point in that. The only thing that is kind of a, almost even like a, like a turnoff for it would be that he bailed on Duke. And there was, there's a lot of talk about coach K not, putting him in the right position to succeed, which is hard to say for Coach K. But, I mean, it, it does happen for some players. And that could have happened for Jalen Johnson as well. And because there was just this this high expectation for him at Duke and he wasn't, he wasn't doing it, yeah, I mean, you could see why he would, he would struggle a little bit and then eventually just bail on the team. I mean, Kyrie did the same thing with Kentucky. Or was that Duke as well? I think yeah, that, was, that was, yeah, yeah. It was, but didn't he get injured? He did get injured. And then he kind of just sat for the rest of the season. Yeah, he sat for the rest of the year. He There there was talks that he should have played at the end of the year, but he didn't. But, I mean, if you're going to be the number one overall pick, like I, I kind of get it too. Don't rush yeah, it yeah. back. But, I mean, if you, if you love the game of basketball, you're going to want to be out there. So it's kind of hard to see why Jalen Johnson wouldn't. But Duke didn't have the best year. So you can kind of see it too. Yeah. It's just hard to say. So that's true. So uh, another another uh, Hawks pick because I just, I wanted to just kind of throw that one out there and see what you had to say. But yeah. also they got Sharif Cooper. Great pick. Who again? He's a guy like reading and looking at kind of his his draft stock and and what like NBA scouts had to say. A lot of his his uh, like the negatives with Sharif Cooper was his size. Because he's a smaller guy. He's 6'1", 180. But also, like, you know, the scouting report says, super good ball handler, 
great passer. And also you look at the Hawks and like, I, I mean, I get that size matters. I'm not saying it doesn't, but they literally have a point guard on their team who is an exception to the fact, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to be a Trey Young, but like if he, if he was simply dropped into the draft at 17 because of his size and he can pan out to be a great player. Cause I think he's talented enough to, that's another steal to me at 17. Yeah. yeah. And he, so I, when I look at Shreve Cooper, um, he reminds me of like a faster, less playmaker version of um, Isaiah Thomas, not mm-hmm. the Pistons, the Celtics. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, not that one. No, um, like he, he's very quick. And I, I feel like Isaiah Thomas wasn't the, the fastest player. If I'm remembering correctly, obviously we haven't seen him play for a couple of years. Um, but I feel like he can be that good, true point guard on the Hawks. Mm-hmm. to kind of get the ball out of Trey Young's hands and have him do more off-ball stuff if they needed to. Because yeah. going into next season, I think a lot of teams are going to really lock in on Trey Young and know, like, okay, this guy this guy can do what he's what he did to us last year, so we need to truly focus on him. And if they're losing a couple other pieces on their team, like, they need someone that can hold that can be confident enough to have the ball in their hands and make the plays without Trey Young being fully involved. Right. So, I, yeah. yeah. That's a great it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him because because they do have Trey Young. Trey Young's going to play most of the game, exactly. especially in the big game moments. So it'll be interesting to see how they utilize Sharif Cooper. Um, coming off the bench might hurt him, might help him, uh, because he's just been that that star point guard for so long when he was at Auburn. And he was expected to make the big plays, and he was able to. So mm-hmm. it'll be just it'll it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to having a guy like Trey Young on his team. Yeah. yeah. Another another thing too with him with Sharif Cooper, and I, along with Trey Young, because Trey Young gets fouled so much, but Sharif Cooper it says he was fouled or he he had ten point three attempts at the free throw line per forty minutes, and he shot eighty three percent. So like I mean that could be better. And you would hope that he would improve that, you know, and work on it. But also, like, even if he's just a guy who can get to the free throw line for the Hawks, in today's NBA, that's huge because there's so many fouls called and so many free throws taken. Yeah, so that's, that that's 10 free throws in college. Yeah. Let's see how it is in the NBA. Yeah, that's a good point. They, they call more fouls in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to my winner. Um, this is a big one, and you can kind of say it wasn't really involved with the NBA draft, but it still was because they gave up their first-round pick. The Lakers getting Russell Westbrook, big winners. Um, <laughs> this is a high-risk, high-reward situation because there's going to be a lot of egos in the Lakers' locker room. But LeBron worked it out with Kyrie, who also has a big ego, when they won the championship. So we'll see how we'll see how they do. I think I think they're going to work it out between Westbrook and LeBron. Anthony Davis really isn't that big of an ego, but those two like to like to manage their own teams. And I think LeBron will take a step back and let Westbrook go. And I think he'll take a step back and just play off the ball a lot more. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, they got their third star that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they signed great undrafted free agents. They got Mac McClung. Don't even get me started, Kratz. <laughs> he, right? he was my guy. He was my guy last year. Mac I'm so McClung. I'm so happy they got him. Mac McClung and Shawnee Brown. Great, great playmaker for Michigan. Great defender. Great three-point shooter. And was just clutch when they needed him to be. And I guarantee by the end of the year, he will be getting significant minutes with the Lakers. You guarantee it? I guarantee it. <laughs> those, are, those are big words, Kratz. <laughs> I think my favorite thing I saw throughout like the draft and just the recent NBA news was I saw people posting stuff on Twitter, and it was Westbrook, Caruso, and Mac McClung like with Photoshop Lakers jerseys on, Westbrook oh, and God. McClung. And it was like the new Lob City with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that was cracking me up. Lob City with Westbrook, Caruso, and McClung. <laughs> so <funny>. Great. <laughs> I think Westbrook's going to be amazing on this team. The only, the biggest issue so far for this team is their three-point shooting. But honestly, because my biggest critique of LeBron the past couple of years is that he just seems like he's running out of steam. But I mean, he's still playing at such an elite, elite level. He's top three, top five, depending on who you're talking to. But he just doesn't seem like he really wants it which is kind of heartbreaking because if he did, I feel like he could have won again besides injuries. Um, but with Russell Westbrook, he's so intense and he's always high energy, high, high octane. Like that's the perfect fit for this team. He's going to be telling, he's going to be yelling at the younger guys, getting them all hyped up. And you're right. LeBron will have less pressure on him to bring up the ball and always have the ball in his hands and feeding Anthony Davis will be easier. So yeah, this is a great move for the team. I think I would have liked Damian Lillard a little bit better on the team, personally, but Westbrook's a solid, solid pick for them. Yep. Yeah. And for sure. especially they didn't need they didn't need this draft pick, this first round pick this year. No. <laughs> so that that was a great move by them. I loved it. Honestly, I hope. I hope, and it's my opinion. I feel like if with Westbrook at the point guard. I feel like the Lakers would be the most successful if Anthony Davis, even though he is, he, I mean, he's a really good shooter, but I feel like if he can kind of stay down low and be more, be more of a, a big man down low on offense, I think that would help the team. Because what I don't want to see is Westbrook like just driving the lane every other time he touches the ball and putting up a crazy layup. And he's a good passer. When he like wants everywhere to else he went. <laughs> yeah, and like Westbrook's a good passer when he wants to be. So I think if if LeBron kind of stays out on the perimeter, which I feel like he normally does nowadays, and just draws attention out in the perimeter, and then Westbrook, I mean, he's a guy you can't stop from from blowing by people, right? Yeah, like it's right. it's gonna happen. And so if Westbrook can do that, LeBron stays on the perimeter and draws attention, and AD can be down there for a pass. I don't know how you stop this offense. I really no. don't. Especially if they get a, a good three-point shooter some, right. sometime between now and the start of the yeah. season or even playoffs. Like, that'd be a big combo. Yeah. I think there's going to be some growing pains uh, at the start of the yeah. season. And everybody's going to overreact and say, yup, this is what this is what happens when you get Westbrook and LeBron on the same team. But They'll work that, out. That, happens, that happens everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it just happens. So... But I think, what happens in playoffs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to the losers. I've got a good one. I'm going to start it off. Toronto Raptors, number four pick. They literally need a point guard. <laughs> and they, they literally with, need a point guard. They go with Scotty Barnes, all right? Not a bad player, all right? He's going to be good. And it was a safe pick. But you've got Pascal Siakam, and Scotty Barnes plays the same position. So unless they're planning on getting rid of Siakam, which they might be because there's been some issues there. Why on earth would you not take Jalen Suggs, who was available to you and looks like the best passer in the draft? What a mistake and such a blunder. I don't see it that way, though. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. Uh, Scotty, he played point guard as a freshman. That was his primary position. Yeah, that's not where he succeeded, though. I mean, why not throw him back there? You have LeBron bringing the ball up the court. I mean, I'm not comparing him to LeBron in that they're the same skill level at all. But, like, you can have a six foot eight guy bringing up the ball if he's comfortable enough with the pressure of, you know, the full court pressure of being a point guard. No, I, I, I get what you mean. It might work. But Jalen Suggs, if they yeah. were going to pick, Jalen Suggs was the safest one on there. Yeah, he they should have he has NBA passing levels now. He looks like Rondo with Gonzaga. His, his three quarters of the court passes are spot on. He passed through three guys to get it to Corey Kispert on just a driving layup. And it was the most beautiful pass I've ever seen. And that was in college. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they should have picked Suggs. You're right. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love Jalen Suggs. I, I, I think he should have gone number two in this draft. But... I just think that they made a huge mistake. Hmm. I guess that's fair. If they, but if they get rid of Siakam, then it, it worked out well. If they it, get it, it yes, run. absolutely. But that's if they get rid of him, and I, I don't know if they will. Right. All right. Who do you guys have for losers? Um, I'm kind of. This is just a. It's just annoying at this point. But the 76ers making that terrible offer to the Warriors for Ben Simmons. They asked them for, what, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, this year's two first-round picks, and two future first-round picks. I don't know what years they were. And, of course, the Warriors said no to that because that's insane. <laughs> like, why would they ever do that? But they should have – and then who they ended up drafting? Did they draft anyone? This I, I, I don't even know. Let me Let me look into it a little more. Um, All right, but, let me ask you a question real quick then. Yeah. If you think they would have asked for Wiggins, Wiseman, and their two first-round picks this year, do you think they would have done it? The no. Warriors? No. And they shouldn't. Really? Because, you don't think they would have? I think no, because the Warriors are getting playback, considering if like he does his rehab right and everything's good. They'll have Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, James Wiseman. They have the starting lineup they need. They do not need Ben Simmons. I get it. They were talking a lot about trading for certain people. They're very interested in Bradley Beal, which would be nice to have, but like you don't need to give up your future to win now when you have a roster that's very capable of winning now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see your point, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Ben Simmons is, is still a bust, but nobody can argue his defensive ability. He's a, he's a good defender. 
He is, but so is Clay. He's and I would say uh, Steph is decent at defense. I mean, Steph yeah, is yeah, but defense. they don't need to score anymore. They've got they've got Curry, Clay. They don't need another scorer. Yeah, but my thing is is so the Warriors they picked Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody at seven and fourteen, and they both have decent. I mean, Kaminga probably won't play as much as Moody just because they're. I think the Warriors are going to have uh, a lot of uh, workload cautions with Steph and Clay, so they'll have Moody probably stepping up a little more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, both of those guys are good, and, like, they're drafting the future. They have Wiseman, they have Kaminga, they have Moody. They're all learning under the best, and they have a system going that's, I mean, they're not going to be as great as shooters as Steph and Clay, but, like, they don't need Ben Simmons. If I'm the Warriors, I don't want Ben Simmons for four picks and two good players even if it was just two picks like this year's two picks i think kaminga and moody are gonna over time turn out to be just as valuable as ben simmons okay josh Josh. yeah so we're split here i think they would so if they gave up two first round picks and wiggins and wiseman do you think they would have done it i would say no okay all right but but i i would say like it's I don't. I wouldn't feel like super confident saying that. Like, have be. I wouldn't be so sh- like super sure sure of it. Yeah. But if I had to pick, I'd say probably not. But so back to the 76ers. Why didn't they look around for better deals for Simmons? Obviously, that was too much. Why didn't they ask different teams for? Bro, I don't know if anyone wants him, man. They but screwed he's up. still a good player. Up. He's. I know we've been hating on Simmons, and a lot of people have been hating on Simmons. But he is 25 years old. Like, I don't. I'm not. He's a great player. He's like what. Two-time All-Star. I don't even know what his credentials are. He's got Defensive Player of the Year. Did he get Rookie? He got he got Rookie of the Year. That was the year that Davian Mitchell or uh, Mitchell said Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan Mitchell uh, wore that shirt that said something like, "This wasn't your first year. This wasn't your rookie year, or whatever." Yeah, which I mean, true, but anyway, <laughs> I mean Ben Simmons is still a great player. So why didn't they I, – I don't know. No, I, I, feel see, like, I, I do get what you're saying. I, I do think that, like – They could have got value. They could have done something better. They asked for the situation. And then, the, yeah, so I looked up who they drafted. They drafted Jaden Springer from uh, Tennessee. I mean, no, nothing special. He's picked 28. I mean, he, he might be a good player. I, I don't know. But they just – they really – because everyone's been saying they're getting rid of Simmons. They're getting rid of Simmons. And then they go out with this crazy, stupid offer to the Warriors that obviously they're not going to accept. I would never accept that if I were the Warriors. Maybe this two picks might be a little bit more thought into it, but why would they do that? And I just think they're going to have the same team as they did last year, and they're going to get to the same spot where they're top of the East but fail in the playoffs. And then that's just going to be it for them. And then they're going to go back into next year's draft with a low pick again, and they're not going to make a move again. So... I really think they they screwed up. Yeah, I think they're stuck for sure. Yeah, they backed themselves into a corner when they gave Benson as that much money. Yep. All right, Josh, who's your loser? So my loser, and simply based off the fact that I feel like they they just didn't get any better. And of course, that's impossible to know because these their picks haven't played yet. But, like, just nothing about their picks would give me any more hope for the team. 
I would say the Pacers. Interesting. They're, they're, totally fair. Their highest pick was the Chris, Chris Duarte. I think I'm saying his last name right. And I remember watching him play. I watched Oregon play a decent amount. He was, he's a good player. Very good player. But I just don't – I just don't know if that's what they needed. And then they drafted Sandro something. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. <laughs> who he's – I mean him along with their other pick, this guy from Greece. I just don't see them being players who are going to change the team or, or affect them in a positive way. And, it's, and, it's, and the thing is that it's not like they were a team – Oh God, I don't know. Like, like the Bucks, right? Like, did getting Isaiah Todd for the Bucks did that help them? No, but they also just won the NBA Finals. Yeah, you know. And the Pacers were a team who they didn't have a terrible year, but they also didn't have like you know they didn't make it to the finals. So it's not like there's there's not a lot of improvement to be made. They had the 13th pick, so I don't know. I, I just feel like. If I was a Pacers fan, I would be super disappointed with with what happened. I totally get that, and I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see the Pacers unload and just get rid of all their players because I don't see them making playoffs. I don't see them coming close. Really, I can see um, that too. Sabonis isn't the star that they need. He's no like Luca. He's a good player, right. but he's no he's no Luca. So, yeah. So I, I see them blowing it up. All right. Let's move on to fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. We got some fact or fiction for NFL teams. All right. And we all know the news. It's the Aaron Rodgers story. He's coming back for one more year. He said he's committed to the team. Um, and then after the year, he's free to go wherever he wants. So, fact or fiction, guys, Aaron Rodgers won the holdout. We'll go with Josh first. I would say that Aaron Rodgers did win the holdout. And I kind of hope that one of you guys say he doesn't because I'd be I'd, I'd be interested to hear why someone would think he, he didn't. But I just feel like it seemed to me – and it, it made it clear when he when he declined the contract that would have made him the highest paid quarterback. That's, that's what it was, right? He would have been the highest yeah. paid quarterback. Yeah. When he declined that, to me, that was him saying or showing that he wanted his freedom. Just in that sense, he won because he, ha- he has that freedom now, right? But then on top of that, I feel like he did it in a way, in just the way it played out, that I don't sense a ton of animosity towards him from anyone other than maybe some Packers fans. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like the, the rest of the league has this animosity towards him or fans who aren't Packers fans. And I think that's helpful for him when he is looking for a new team. So I think the way he handled it and the fact that he got what he wanted, I would say he won for sure. Okay. Justin? I probably have to agree. I, I think he did win. Just because you're right, he handled it in a decent, decent enough way to where it's like, okay, that's respectable, that's fine. But also at the same time, so he declined the the uh, contract. He said he'd be there for the team, but during that like press conference he did, he 
he didn't look excited about it. Maybe that's just his personality. But like they asked him about the GM and like if that caused any tension. And he's like, no. And then he just kind of left it at that. He's like, no. It's like, okay. Like obviously there seems to be something there, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think he won in the sense that he got what he wanted. He's, I mean, he's still making a ton of money, so it's not like he took a huge pay cut. Yeah, he's not living on the streets. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> he's he's still on a good team. They still have a chance potentially to make it far. But I feel bad for the uh, the Packers, to be honest. I think Green Bay should have traded him, let him go, whatever they needed to do, because now everyone knows like his grievance towards the team was just like he didn't have a say in building this roster and like he didn't feel respected by the organization which whether you want to say that's fair or not whatever but everyone knows his grievances now the Packers don't look good like this didn't literally like do anything for them in a positive way they're just keeping him for one more year and I don't know I feel like if they would have just got rid of him and started rebuilding now get that extra year in on it and go from there I don't know. I feel like he's not. He says he's committed to the team, but I, I truly don't feel like he wants to be there. And it kind of yeah. says that by not accepting the contract. Like I don't really want to be here. I'm just gonna stay here for one more year. So mm-hmm. he won, but I don't think the the Packers did. See, I'm arguing the other side. I think I do think Aaron Rodgers won in a way. All right, he didn't get traded, which is what he wanted, but. He got the commitment that he wanted because this is do or die now. They, This is it for the Packers. Otherwise, he's just going to walk free. So he's going to get the weapons that he needs because the he's, Packers are going to commit. I don't think they're going to commit. I think they will because they know that this is one of the greatest of all time quarterbacks. And this is the do or die year. So I think they will make necessary trades that will hurt them for the future in order to win now. And that's where Aaron Rodgers won. They did just get Randall Cobb, right? Didn't that just happen recently? Yes, they did. And him and him and Aaron Rodgers are like, you know, buddies. Absolutely. They they did that for Aaron Rodgers. It seemed like. Yeah. I don't think he won in the way that you guys are saying in terms of like money, getting out when he wanted, but let's think about this too. The Packers drafted Jordan Love. So they weren't committing long-term to Aaron Rodgers either, which was why the whole grievance came came about. But I think both the Packers and Aaron Rodgers won from this because the Packers are going to commit for this year. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, this is what the plan was all along. It was to get Jordan Love just a little bit of time to develop as a quarterback, and then they're just going to commit with him. They should have just did that this year. That and, and kind of like what Justin was saying, I think a huge part of why I would say the Packers lost is because I totally get the point of view of, you know, they're going all in. And so if it, you know, after this whole situation, the season, it's rebuilding. But my thing is, is after this season now, assuming, you know, if they don't win a Super Bowl or whatever, but if they, you know, if they have a, even a good season, but they don't make it all the way. Everyone knows Aaron Rodgers leaving and trying to build a team and get talent for Jordan Love is a lot harder than Aaron Rodgers. 
You know what I mean? If you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you're going to have a lot more players, even not even offensively, but just because they know it's a better team wanting to go there. So that's my thing, too, is that the second they lose Rodgers, it's a lot harder to rebuild, too. That's true. And they won't have the wide receiver core because Devontae Adams basically already said he's leaving, too. Yeah, he's out of there. So they won't have the wide receiver core. Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Sorry, sorry. This thought popped in my head and I needed to say it. It'd be crazy for the Packers, right? They have Aaron Rodgers for this year. They know Devontae Adams is basically gone once he's gone. It would be insane if they traded both of them later in the year. What a trade. Talk about a power move that they could do right there. They'd really flop it on the table and be like, you don't want to be here anyways. (laughs) Like, and, and the crazy part about it is like Aaron Rodgers and could get them in a great position to make playoffs and like go from there. And it's like, do they make the trade anyways and hope for the best? Could you imagine? That would be, that would be a power move. And what do they trade for? Do do they trade for a ton of, a ton of picks? They would have to get a decent quarterback and that it doesn't have to be, I mean, you're not going to be able to replace Aaron Rodgers unless you get Pat Mahomes or a very select few quarterbacks, which they won't get, but trade Aaron Rodgers, Dante Adams to a team for a bunch of picks and a decent quarterback. Sean Watson. Sean Watson. I will talk about that. (laughs) That would be crazy. The idea popped in my head. I was like, that would be some backstabbing stuff from the Packers, but I'd kind of be here for that. (laughs) That'd be nuts. That'd be such cool, like story and entertainment. I'd love to see how that worked. That's the drama. That's the drama that would bring everybody back. All really the young would. guys. Yeah. All the young guys that just put just just watch the NFL for fantasy brings them right back. I like it. I, I think that's a great idea about me and the Packers should hire me as their general manager. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. Justin Arbini hired as the new GM of the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Working from home. <laughs> Working from home. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the second fact or fiction. There's been some news about Deshaun Watson coming back for training camp. Um, he says he'll be out there, but he won't play. So the Houston Texans said they're not giving Deshaun Watson up unless there's at least five high-value draft picks. They included three first-round picks and at least two second-round picks. So... Fact or fiction? We'll start with Justin. Deshaun Watson will be traded for no less than five high value, high value draft picks. Um, if they're not offering much else, I think it could be fact. But I, the, the Texans wouldn't want that, so I'm thinking it's going to be fiction. I don't think. Let me let me, get, let me start over. Deshaun Watson's <laughs> a good, very good quarterback. I think he has a lot of potential. His legal issues. And ethical, moral issues kind of shading his reputation a little bit, as it should be for now. But besides that, like he hasn't really proven that he's worth a ton to the team, to any team, really. Like he hasn't made it far in the playoffs. I don't even have they even made it to the playoffs with him. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like what three years ago? Yeah, they beat they beat the Bills. Uh, in that crazy 
like sidearm play by Watson. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. But like, I don't know. I just feel like he's not at that point where he's worth five picks and some like good players. If they don't give the players, then maybe. But he just hasn't proven himself to me personally yet. And I think it, the only way this works out is if he's going to a team that is a win now mentality. And what team has that mentality if they don't have a star quarterback already? Sure. So that's kind of my conundrum where, where he's at. Like, I, I feel like if you're a team that needs Deshaun Watson, you don't want to give up future players. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just a tough position unless he's going to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. All right, Josh, what do we think? I I would say that he is not worth five high-value draft picks. Um, I, think, I think that he is a very good quarterback, but I just think especially in today's NFL, I feel like there is a lot of good quarterbacks. I'm not saying there's a lot of, you know, like Justin was saying, there's not a lot of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allens or Aaron Rodgers, but there is – a lot of good quarterbacks who can play the position and do well. And I wouldn't put Deshaun Watson up there with those three guys I mentioned. And on top of that, I also feel like just with all of the drama around him too, with, you know, his personal life, I think that hurts the situation for him as well. So I, I don't see him being worth that much. Um, and honestly, I think that, I think that, the rest of his career, just in terms of whatever the Texans do with him, um, or if he stays, whatever happens, I think the better parts of a career of his career are definitely over. And I think that was kind of a thought, um, even you know, like last year and stuff. But I feel like there was still some hope, you know, like he he still was a really really good quarterback. There was hope, but honestly, I think his better years are behind him. And I think the rest of his career is just going to be a lot of drama and drama just with teams and front offices. So, yeah, I, I don't think that he's worth five high-value high draft picks at this point. Yeah, I see it as a similar situation to Antonio Brown, where Antonio Brown is back in the league, but you don't hear about him as much as you used to. And, yeah, it was because there was – good wide receivers on the box. Uh, so he wasn't like that star studded talent like he was on the Steelers. But I think it's pretty similar where I think Watson will come back eventually. Uh, if, if the legal issues, you know, pass and like, you know, there's not enough evidence or whatever. If, if he comes back, right. I think it's going to be something similar to that where he's going to be probably an above average quarterback that's just not talked about as much yeah yeah he'd be middle of the pack yeah so i could see maybe two first round picks and maybe like a second round pick but definitely not five yeah no way like you said i i think two like two first round and like a second round or whatever i think that would be as about as much as i would want to give if i was a gm of a team i think that's that's as much as i'd want to go yeah i completely agree All right, let's move on to the question of the day. All right, Texas and Oklahoma are officially out of the Big 12. 
There's been talks with the SEC that they want to have Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, which would restructure their whole uh, two district or two division system and would really break up the Big 12. So what would it mean for college football as a whole if Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC? Uh, let's start with Josh. Personally, I think that this move is very, very bad for college football. And I mean very bad. Like I, I think this is this could potentially be the start to not the end of college football, but just major, major changes that I think aren't good. If you look at the Big Twelve, like they're like, you know, like Kansas, not good, they're not a football school. Baylor, same. Texas Tech is like fun to watch, you know, but like they're not that great. Kansas State, not that great. West Virginia, I I could be could be wrong, but I think they've had like some good years. I a think. couple with Will Greer, but they're not that good either. No. And so you have like like Iowa State was eight and one this past year, and then you have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and then TCU is like ah. Eh. You know, they're good sometimes, but but they're not ever contenders or they're, they're not like a big name school, I wouldn't say, for football. So you take out Texas and Oklahoma, and to me, you're left with Iowa State and Oklahoma State. And e- even those are like, really? Like, that's <laughs> – like, the Big 12 sucks. It's terrible. There's no defense. It's, te- yeah, it's terrible. And then on top of that – the SEC, it's like, does the SEC really need them? No, they don't need them. Like to me, like them joining the SEC, it changes the Big Twelve a lot, and it kind—I mean, it changes the SEC obviously. But like, I don't know. Are are Oklahoma in Texas? Like you have Alabama, LSU. Like those to me, those two teams are going to be better than Oklahoma and Texas pretty much every year. And then on top of that, and, th- and this is the biggest thing because it's just more broad. But I feel like the the principle, if you want to say, of two schools kind of just being like, you know, we want to move, and then this other division being like, sure, why not? Like that because that's just kind of how it felt to me. Like. At what point does that stop or does it or is it not allowed? Because to me, it's the start of basically pulling the better teams from certain conferences and putting them in better and better conferences. Because it started because Oklahoma and Texas didn't want to play in the Big 12, which I get. But it's almost like like, sorry, that sucks. But just because you're in like a division you don't like or a conference you don't like. I don't think that should mean you can just move because when does that stop? You know, like I said, mm-hmm. like can, can a couple teams from the PAC 12 and, you know, a team from the big 10 and whoever be like, Oh, I want to join the sec. So I don't know. I t- honestly, it makes me really mad. I think it's super dumb, especially just because of how it felt. It felt way too easy. Just the way it happened. And so honestly, I, I think, I think it's dumb and I'm not a huge college football fan, but if I if I really was, 
it would kind of scare me that, like I said, that it would just end up being one conference with all the best teams. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat in that. I mean, for the SEC, this is, to me, this is good. Like, it's going to be more competitive and fun to watch, especially, I mean, it's just a weird thing. Like you're saying, it's like the tradition of football is kind of changing. The structure of football is changing and the organization. Like, I think a big part of it was the whole uh, athletes can now get paid for name, image, and likeness. I think because of that, schools are really pushing for like, okay, we got to be in this high market, high visible conferences. Like you're right. The big 12 sucks and they're going to get less viewers now. And that sucks for all the other teams and the players Mm -hmm. on those teams. But for Texas and Oklahoma, this is good because now they're going to be playing Alabama. They're going to be playing what, uh, Texas A&M, they're going to be playing yeah, LSU, Auburn, LSU, Auburn. They'll have these bigger games, which is more viewership for the players, which means more viewerships for, uh, obviously, the team, the new teams, Texas and Oklahoma. So I think it's all just a financial move at this point, and it, that sucks because it's like re- degrading the tradition of the football conferences. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's a double-edged sword for me because at one one side it's like yeah tradition is always great and you should respect it and try to honor it, but at the same time it's like why why respect the tradition if you can have more money, more viewers, more exciting football from going going to the SEC? And they they did they said they wanted to join by 2025 and all the original teams in the SEC I think there's 14 they voted on it. And it was unanimous. So it's not like they had an issue with it either. Right. And if they didn't have an issue and these two teams want to join, then like, hey, let them let them join. It's just it feels it just feels upsetting. And I think that what's going to happen because of this is there's going to be a huge restructuring of all the conferences. I think. And I feel like this should have been done a while ago, to be honest. And I think it's going to happen, going to go into other sports as well, like basketball, baseball. Um, for girls' sports, like maybe volleyball, whatever whatever we're seeing there, is the strongest teams that are – like it's not going to be like Southeastern anymore. It's just going to be like top 15 teams of the past 20 years are going to be in a conference together. Like it's going to be more of who they're more competitive with and how that is. And maybe divisions are going to be changed up too. Like I think it's dumb that like – I, I, I would be upset if I'm Vanderbilt and I have to play Alabama every year. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if I'm K- Kentucky and I'm playing Auburn. Like the, the structure of everything needs to change, and I think this is going to be a catalyst for that. And it should be because t- times have changed. I mean, they haven't really updated themselves. The college football conferences and how the divisions have worked haven't updated themselves since forever. Besides, you know, minor changes of teams joining, leaving, whatever. But I think this is going to be a, a spark for a lot of change. Yeah, I see this as a money move, for sure. And you're right. It does have to do with the name, image, likeness, and everything like that. Which is why this happened right after they approved of that. But if I'm Texas and Oklahoma... I wouldn't love this move either because Oklahoma is only this giant relevant team now 
because of just how dominant they were in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've made they've made it to the college football playoff once, maybe was it twice? Twice. I'm not sure. One with Baker and then one with Kyler Murray. That makes sense. And when Kyler was there, they got bodied. They got destroyed by Alabama. And the year before, it was a close game. I think it went to uh, overtime with against Georgia. And Georgia ended up winning. And that was a thrilling game. But they still haven't proven anything. And I think it'll only get worse in the SEC. So, so what's the I point? Can, I can see that. But also with the change of college football playoffs, I think that's another point to make, too, is like, if they're adding more teams in, there's a higher chance Alabama leaves in an early round and Texas squeaks by or Oklahoma squeaks by. So that I think had a big play into into it as well. See, I I think I'm I'm with you, Grass, and I, honestly I hadn't thought about it until you said it. But I think that Oklahoma and Texas are going to end up being a Missouri or an Old Miss of the SEC. Yeah. They're going to go four and five, five and five, you know, whatever it is, and I think that'll be them. Yeah, the SEC is a different beast, and I don't think Oklahoma, even Oklahoma, is ready for it. So, so here, here's my thing, though, because I feel like, I feel like you guys both were looking at it just in terms of Oklahoma, Texas, and then the SEC. But my thing is, and I just want to know if you guys agree, doesn't like them moving for for the you know Big Twelve, but also just the principle of it, it like that idea, it waters down the rest of college football. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, it's better for Texas. It's better for Oklahoma. It might be better for the SEC. But like, I, that's my thing is, is college football as a whole. I just think like restructuring is one thing. But if it comes to a point where the best teams are all playing in one division, that's not good for college football. No. It's just good for one league or one conference. Yeah. And all the good players, all the good players are going to go to that one conference because that's where they're going to be able to make the most money. And then no one watches like the other 10 conferences. Exactly. Yeah, but is is that a hit on them moving to the SEC or is that a hit on the name image likeness rule change? I think it's a little bit of both, but they've moved forward with the name image likeness. They could still stop the Texas Oklahoma thing. And if I'm the NCAA, I would nip this in the bud now because if they move, what's stopping, let's say, Iowa State or even let's take like Oregon and moving them into the Big Ten because the Pac-12 isn't great either. So but that's my thing. Shouldn't I get that like for, as college football as a whole, it might be worse. But also at the same time, I don't want to watch uh, Texas playing. I, I don't even know who's in. The Big 12, that would be trash. Uh, You said TCU is in there, and they're sometimes good. But, like, I don't want to see Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't want to see Oklahoma stamping on Kansas every year. Like, that's not that's not exciting football. You know Oklahoma's going to win. It's like, at least put them up with someone that's more comparable. I mean, Alabama is a different beast. But, like, put them up against Texas A&M. Put them up against Auburn because they haven't been as dominant the recent years. Like, but my question for you is the Big 12's organization, the idea is to keep them all in the same sports. So that's where you get like Kansas being good at basketball and still playing the same opponents. 
And it builds yeah. that rivalry even more because you've got you're playing them in football and then you're playing them in basketball, which is which is fair. And but all, like why? That's what I'm saying. I feel like college football and college sports as a whole needs to change because teams are playing teams that they shouldn't be playing in one sport. And then they're playing teams they sh- that they're killing in the other sport. So. It's just a weird dynamic, and I get it. Like, yeah, you should play the same team for football, baseball, basketball, because it does create that rivalry. It's like it's fun, and that has that tension. It's just it it doesn't See, make it doesn't make sense to me though. Sometimes having that, I think my, like I, the, the big rivals should stay, but some of them shouldn't. My my thing is like because I've I've always been someone who says I prefer to watch the NFL, and I feel like at least a lot of people that I have had the conversation with say that they like college football better. And like Cross was saying, one of the things that is always brought up when I have that conversation is how there's more rivals, right? And there's more, the games are more intense in that, in that way. So I, I'm with you on that cross where like, if, you know, if they're not playing the same sport in the same conference, that kind of takes away from that. But then also I feel like, I guess my thing is, Putting all of the best teams in one conference makes it more like NFL and less like college football. That's true. And like, because th- like my thing is like, I I've always said I like watching NFL better because you're watching the best in the world at the sport. Yeah. And so I just feel like if you don't have chances for big upsets and you lose some of the rivals between teams. I don't know. I to me like I just also feel like it's it's just not like maybe it is tradition like you were saying Justin, but I just feel like it's not college football at that point. Like it would just be too different. It, it's it's very it's a tough situation. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 they they backed themselves into a corner is what they really did. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this particular situation plays out. And then if it does go through and they end up being in the SEC, it'll be interesting to see if other teams feel like, oh, it's that easy to just pack up and move and then see how that plays out too. Right. Because yeah. I, I definitely see it happening again, and I see the Big 12 just breaking up as a whole. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to this day in sports history. Take it away, Justin. On this day in sports history. All right. On this day in sports history, in 1921, going back a few years, a Chicago jury acquits eight Chicago White Sox players accused in the Black Sox scandal. But the next day, they're banned from organized baseball for life. I thought that was pretty interesting. All right. So so explain the situation. Okay. So yeah, I had to look this up. I don't even know what the Black Sox scandal is. I don't. I don't either. What? Neither you do. I thought Uh, Cross. You would. I thought I would. I thought I would. I Back don't. in the, so 1920, 1921, the, I actually, I don't know the exact years, but it had to have been around then because this is when it happened. Yeah. Um, the Chicago White Sox were playing, I believe, in the World Series, and a bunch of players on the team took money. I forgot who it was from. It may have been through gambling, but money was placed on people and people threw the game for the White Sox. And I think it was a decent amount of players. I'm assuming it's these eight that were acquitted 
and then banned. But they yeah. so they took the money, they threw the game, and then they ended up calling them the the Black Sox because that's crazy. You know, yeah, it's a yeah. This is from from a, from a gambling syndicate. That's yeah. crazy. So. I mean, I'm assuming they made a decent amount of money to throw. It was it the World Series? I believe it was, right? It was World uh, World I Series know, against yeah. the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, so that was like a big That's thing nuts. too. I I yeah. I feel like one of you guys should have known that. What? I'm Maybe surprised the I never didn't heard know of it. that. Yeah. yeah, it was. My dad was telling me about it a while, like when I was younger, and I was like, "Oh, that's crazy! Like what?" And it makes me think of like Pete Rose when he was the player coach and taking money and yeah uh, yeah so like it's i don't crazy know that it was in the world series too like it wasn't yeah oh man that's crazy. it had to have been a ton of money see yeah that, it it's so that's so funny that you bring that up now because did you guys hear about the nhl player no, who was happened? accused of throwing games no well, yeah this like this like just happened they're investigating him they don't they they haven't proven anything yet but i think it was a san jose sharks player that's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even know how you would throw a game in hockey, let alone baseball. I mean, baseball is probably a little easier. You just It's easier to hide it, I feel like, in baseball. Yeah. yeah. But like hockey, it's like uh, I mean you got other you got other players on like on the on the is rink? it called a pitch? Rink. Is that what they call it? Wait, for hockey? Yeah. Yeah. The, the ice rink. Yeah, so like it's hard to control that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can only do so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, for if you're a pitcher, yeah, just like you can totally throw the game. <laughs> yeah, just throw a yeah. couple lob balls in there. You're or if you're, that. Yeah, just swing like, that no, ball. <laughs> exactly. But no, I, I thought that was crazy. And then I have another one too, just because. Ooh, why not? Special you know? day in sports history. Yeah. On um, this day in 1996, the USA men's basketball team, popularly known as the Dream Team, beat Yugoslavia 95 to 69 to win the gold medal at the Atlanta Olympics. Let's go. Exactly. Same thing's going to happen this year. What? Same thing's going to happen this year. You think so? Like <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But yeah, they, they got me. these past few games. I haven't. So I know they lost against, uh, who was France. it? France. Yeah. And I haven't. Have they won since then? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've won every, every game since. Uh, who did they just play? Hmm. It, was, it was it was someone. But yeah. They they won I think I think by like nine, All so right. it was still a close game. It's no crazy, like, yeah. I mean they got like Durant and Kyrie. Yeah. No, not Kyrie. James uh, Harden. They have Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, like all these guys, and they're just not putting up points. It's weird, and part of it is definitely the the uh, expansion of basketball over the entire world. And I think other teams are getting better, but like this team should. I'm biased because I'm from the USA, and I think these guys are the best in the world, but maybe they're not. I don't know. It is, it is kind of it's interesting this year how how it's played out. You have a roster with Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, whoever else is on it. I don't even know the full lineup, but like what's Draymond's going on? Draymond's on there. Draymond. Um, is Chris Middleton on the team? I think yep. he, he ended yep. up coming later because of the finals, obviously. Um, like, why is this team not better? And some are pointing to Popovich for not coaching it the way he should be because it was Coach K last time. And that could be true. Maybe Popovich is kind of 
just not sure as to what to do with all the stars on his team. But if you watch, it doesn't look like they're playing good team basketball. And I feel like the other teams are, so maybe they're just they're going back to the fundamentals and they know how to play together well. Yeah, I know the game. I know the game they lost to France. I looked at like the stat lines, and they were all horrible in shooting. So it's like they were still playing defense well and everything, but they just couldn't shoot. None of them could. Interesting. Maybe it's the uh, the location. Maybe, Tokyo. maybe it's the water in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. the place for USA men's basketball. Maybe the uh, gravitational pull is different, so they're jumping. Oh, up. that's probably, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's all we got for you guys today. If you like the content, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and follow us on all the major social media outlooks, including TikTok. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. All right, boys. I have to go. Uh, take a major dump, so I gotta head out. Same. <laughs> all right, I'm ahead. <laughs> all right. Bye, Josh. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's gone. <laughs> Ready to roll. Alright, I'm gonna end this. I'm definitely leaving that. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.